passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, it's back. It's better than ever, thanks to a new web interface that, for the rest of the NBA season, is going to give you more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's because BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So what are you waiting for? Head on your mobile device right now and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Only when you use promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive that bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, it doesn't matter. Even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports this season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. It is a Week 15 Chicago Bears-Minnesota Vikings preview. We're going to dive right into it and maybe do a little story, uh, some Corey stories towards the very end. But first, let's bring in my co-host. He's the former Bears defensive end, former Vikings defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's own, and a man who's been out in the links the last couple of days. So he's got a big smile on his face. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Man, what's going on, man? But I thought it's once a bear, always a bear. That Minnesota stuff, you know, it was just one year, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't – I think if they if they drew your blood out, I think it would come back bear blood on that one. Exactly. But you went inside, and I think that's what it was. It's one of those covert missions, right? You got exactly, a paint deck, yeah. and you learn something from the enemy. Exactly, exactly. That's all, all it's about. I was just preparing for this Believe podcast. I knew back then what I know now. So. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Uh, Bears coming off a wild, crazy loss to the Green Bay Packers, 45-30. to 30. Uh, We both said that the Bears were going to lose that game. I don't think we really saw it playing out the way that it did. Uh, we learned some things, and also some crazy things happened that we didn't really learn and some stuff that was kind of obvious that already happened. But let's roll it forward to this Vikings game now because, Corey, I want to get your take on this. You know, it's happening throughout the NFL. Chicago Bears aren't alone. The Chicago Bears are, however, one of seven teams that are now going to be going on to an extended health and safety protocol list the rest of the season. The details of that are a little bit out there. Not really sure exactly what that is, but Larry Borm, the right tackle, went on the COVID list uh, today. Eddie Goldman went on the COVID list today. We're really thin at offensive line, Corey, um, and I wanted to get really excited about this Vikings matchup because there are some things that I think the Bears can exploit, but if you're down to Larry Borum, you're not so sure about Jason Peters, and you know you still have Tevin Jenkins pretty wet behind the ears. Does that really kind of affect how the Bears are going to be able to play this weekend? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to, to running the football, something that we've been preaching all season. I think, you know, when when you have some issues at O-line, you know, whether it's injuries, just not playing well, you have to run the football. And I think, you know, when you pass the ball, because obviously during a game you have to chip help, tight end chip help, things of that nature, really help out your tackles. 
and Tevin Jenkins in the last game could have used a little bit more help out there. It was it was a little rough, honestly. Yeah, I wanted to get your take on Tevin Jenkins. You know, the second round pick, we've been talking about him since the preseason, underwent back surgery. I would say that him back on the field and in uniform is a plus for the Bears. I don't think oh, yeah. we all expected him to be out there. But when he did get out there, yeah, I couldn't help but notice, I think on the first couple snaps, there was an empty yeah. set, uh, five-man protect. I was thinking of you, Corey. I was like, what are they doing? What's going on? Can you help kind of walk the listeners through as a former player what you saw from Tevin Jenkins? Because obviously I saw rookie mistakes combined with yeah. a Bears coaching staff that didn't know how to help the rookie out very much. Yeah, I saw a lot of rookie mistakes, like technique. That was the biggest standout for me. His, his technique looked very questionable at times. There was one play where he looked like he tried to trip somebody. They had they had the image on Twitter over there. It looked like he stuck his leg out when he was getting beat on the inside. Um, yeah, just it just seemed like he didn't have any rhythm out there. And and obviously that's to be expected, right? He's missed most of this training camp, the season. Uh, so there's a little bit of rust. But I would have liked them early on to help out with some chip help, maybe slide the protection that way. Um, have a tight end help as well, uh, blocking, just to take the pressure off him. You remember I talked about just getting people's confidence up, and this is a guy coming off a back injury. And as an old lineman, that's so crucial to your bracing, you know, having that core strength and stability. Um, and he, he just looked very rough out there, and I just didn't understand why they didn't give him that help. Um, but the one good thing is his first game back. So, you know, I, I kind of take this with a grain of salt. You're playing against the Packers. He's playing against a pretty good uh, defensive end, in my opinion, uh, Preston Smith, a guy that's kind of been okay this year without Zadarius Smith. So I know he was licking his chops to get after a guy like Tevin Jenkins, a rookie, you know, in there, hasn't played the season. So there was some added incentive there. Um, you know, I think anytime you're a defensive end and you're going against a rookie, you know, you want to eat, you know, you, you, your eyes light up, you know, you, you're ready to go. So he, he, he was, he was gunning for sacks against him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I look forward to this week seeing how he adjusts and then that will tell me everything we need to know. Right. Because this was a prime stage Sunday night football. There was probably some butterflies, a little, uh, being nervous, not out there with the ones, uh, getting the cadence from Justin Fields. Um, he had a couple you know, false starts, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. A lot of silent count, you know, playing in, in Lambeau, it's tough. So that, I take this with a grain of salt this game, honestly. You know, I, I'm kind of flushing this one like I did uh, that number two earlier today. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I think I, I want to see how he does next game. And, and I think that will tell us everything we need to know. Because I know he's, he's eager this week to prove, like, hey, I was worth the Bears draft pick. I am the future at left tackle. So hopefully he can show them what he can do. And just a follow-up on that, I've, I've talked to not many, but a couple offensive linemen in my day and moving from left to the right side. They're like, oh, it's almost like learning a different language because, I mean, it's different, you know, it's different sides of your body, all different kinds of uh, ways of learning the position. And it's kind of up in the air right now with Larry Borum on the shelf, not sure if he's going to be available Monday night. So my question for you is, are what would you do if you were the head coach right now, if you were the defensive coordinator, or I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator, would you keep – Tevin on the left side or would you move Tevin to the right side and try and see if you can plug and play? We don't know about Jason Peters. We'll see what yeah. happens. I mean, how would you kind of approach Tevin Jenkins development this final month of the season? 
Yeah, I, I would like him to get reps at left tackle because that's what you drafted him as. That's what you see him as. So I want him to get the reps there. And I feel like you can fill in another guy, possibly potentially even a guard that can step in possibly. Um, you know, I think the right tackle is a little bit easier to fill, in, in my opinion, because especially a mobile guy like Justin Fields, I feel like he could see that pressure a lot more than his blind side. That's why the left tackle is so crucial in this game. So I want to see Tevin Jenkins stay at the left tackle, right? That's what they draft him for. I want him to finish this season, hopefully, you know, at left tackle, getting reps, getting experience out there. So that way, you know, for a fact, is he our guy of the future or not, right? Because if not, we got to make some decisions this offseason, you know, and then maybe we could potentially shift him to the right tackle if it's not working out with the left. But we have to know right now, is he the left tackle of the future? Because that's what we drafted him as. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. And this is what we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. And we are here. In my opinion, the season ended against the Green Bay Packers, and now we have this four-game new season here to kind of evaluate, look at some progress, and try some things out a little bit. And as you talked about, the importance of momentum heading into an offseason, which brings us to this matchup against the Minnesota Vikings Monday night, a team that is not is still in the playoff picture right now, a team that most likely is going to be out uh, Alexander Madison right now on the COVID list, Adam Thielen's dealing with an ankle, not sure if he makes it out there. So, Corey, let's hop over to our matchups, our keys to a victory in Week 15 with the Bears versus the Vikings. I got to be honest with you, man, coming into this, I was really excited for this matchup because I thought that there were some things that we could exploit defensively with the Vikings. So dive right into it, man. What are the keys to a Bears victory? Because we're already talking about it here. This Bears O-line is definitely going to need some help. You know, yeah. How are we going to be able to do that and maybe pull out a victory? Start fast. right? I think that's a big thing. Like last, last game, we started fast we got to finish. And that, that's the key. I think this week it's a different opponent. You know, I feel a little bit better about the Vikings and just our track record against them track record against Kirk cousins. Um, but I think this is a game we need to start fast. We need to set the tone. And I think if we could build a good lead, like we did last game, I think with the Vikings, this is something we can sustain. I don't think the same type of team as Green Bay and the way Green Bay is playing right now, but I think it's start fast. You know, I love what I saw from the bears in the first half, the fight, offensively getting things going. Uh, Jakeem Grant looking great. Uh, Bird looking great as well. So I need we need to start fast this week. Um, starts with the running game, mixing that play action, getting Justin Fields comfortable. He's got to make some better decisions. You know, I thought early on he did really well. But as the game goes on and you get in the flow of stuff, don't be too overconfident with certain reads and things of that nature, right? Take the progressions. Take what the defense gives you. If not, use your feet, right? You look at the games, he's done very well. He's done that. But starts with starting fast, you know, and finishing. You got to finish a game like this. Yeah, so to follow up on that, because we've talked a lot about, you know, putting Justin Fields in a position to succeed. Mm -hmm. When you say starting fast, is this more about putting this now makeshift offensive line in a position to succeed? And most specifically, like a guy we we're just talking about, Tevin Jenkins, making sure that he's, you know, playing with confidence before we yeah. maybe – set up Justin Fields to succeed are we kind of at that point yeah exactly and, and and it always comes back to the run because when I look at Tevin Jenkins tape when the Bears drafted him right because I, I really wanted to go and dive and research and and you know re really get my study on with him what I noticed is his ability to finish defenders I mean he was one of the most violent 
offensive lineman coming out of this draft, in my opinion. You know, you see him at all times. It looked like he tried to embarrass whatever defensive lineman went against him. And I was like, this dude is a stud. This is the guy you want. He reminded me of a guy named Jamal Brown. I don't know if you remember him. He used to play for the Saints. Okay. Uh, he's out of Oklahoma. Similar, similar body type. Uh, just an absolute beast. When he was in college, he would take people sideline to sideline, really try to embarrass him. That's what Tevin Jenkins reminded me of. Jamal Brown had a really, really good first couple seasons. He got injured in the NFL and, but still, still had a good career. But Tevin Jenkins is that same type of guy. He's a nasty guy and he can't forget, right? I know sometimes when we get people, um, guys get injured, you know, sometimes their confidence goes a little bit and they don't, they're worrying about this, that, and the other. Just play ball out there, right? If you make a mistake, make it fast. Is that right? what Be you aggressive. saw him? Is that what you saw last week? Maybe a guy that yes. is thinking about that injury. Maybe hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I don't I don't even know so much about thinking about the injury, but more so thinking about everything, right? And I think hmm. this was a situation where maybe he didn't think he was gonna play this season, to be honest, because Jason Peters had done a pretty good job. He was doing well, and this injury to Jason Peters kind of put him in there. Um, so I think you know, you have to be prepared at all times. I'm not saying he wasn't prepared, but you have to know the offense like the back of your hand. You have to know the checks. You have to know the reads. You got to know the guy you're working with. You got to know Justin Fields. You got to know everything out there, like the back of your hand, especially as a left tackle, because you're you're almost like the QB of that offense. You have to know what's going on. You have to know who's coming off that edge. You're his blind side. You have to be able to protect him. So I want him, I want him extra film study, extra preparation, get with the coaches, get with everybody, right? Go on a uh, online dinner, go with Justin Fields, know everything he's doing, know his tendencies, you know? And I think that's why he struggled a little bit because he doesn't know some of these things, but you have to be prepared at this level because there's always one injury away from somebody stepping into place. And Tevin Jenkins right now is looking like he's going to be the left tackle. So he has to be prepared. You can't, there's no more excuses at this point with with I would much rather him make a mistake going a million miles an hour. Like I would rather him get a personal foul for driving a guy to the sideline and throwing him on the bench. Like that's a, that's he did a in coach, college. There's a clip of him in college. Yes. Taking so, yes. so I would rather that I'd rather him finish a guy that's trying to make an inside move on him. going fast. I don't want him thinking be aggressive. He's a physical specimen. He's a physical dude. And even against guys that are grown men in the NFL, I know it's a different game than college, but that is why we drafted him. Play that way. Play fast. Do not worry about making mistakes because at this point in the season, it really does not matter, honestly. If you if you make a mistake, if you don't, what we want to see him do is sure up that left side, right? We want to see him be aggressive. We want, want to see his footwork. We want to see his protection skills. We want to see his run blocking ability because he can he can run block like a right tackle. That's what he played in college as well. So I, we want to see both of it. We want to see progression. I want to see him progress from last week to this week. And I think there's going to be a big jump in there because I think he's embarrassed about how he played, to be honest, on, on main stage, Sunday night football. Everyone's talking, oh, the Bears, oh, Pace, Pace, you know, doesn't know how to pick him. Oh, this guy can't play. I think he's going to come out fired up, ready to go this week. And I think he's going to shore up that left side. And think about it. If he goes against a, a, a guy like, you know, Danielle Hunter potentially on side because he switches sides from time to time. And then if a guy like Everson Griffin is suiting up this week, that'd be a heck of a test for him to really showcase what he can do. Well, I can guarantee you that if you ask Tevin Jenkins, the, his first game as an NFL pro probably did not go the way 
that he wanted it to go, right? And what I'm also kind of hearing from you, which is why I love this key of starting fast, is what I'm hearing is for Tevin Jenkins, not just this year, right, because he's going to go through his bumps and get some reps, but it sounds like the next four or five years, we want Tevin Jenkins to be a tone setter on this offensive line, an attitude, that edge, everything that we talk about. And even Olin Krutz, uh, your former teammate, posted something on Twitter of he did have that one moment, he did have one play where he tried to finish off that play. It was a little bit of a scrum, and he comes in there and just kind of lays on top of somebody, just lets somebody know a little bit. And, man, I would love that because when you look at this Vikings defense right now, especially recently, over the last month, Mm -hmm. they're allowing 30.1 points a game. Over the last four weeks, right? We just scored 30 last week, albeit with the special teams touchdown. But if you want this offense to continue to go in the right direction, I think this is actually a really, really good matchup for the Chicago Bears and for a guy like Justin Fields. Because if you can somehow open up the passing game and feel like you got the offensive line solidified a little bit, pulling it up right here, the Vikings, they're allowing 286 passing yards over their last seven games, 17 passing touchdowns in that span. And they've been giving it up to wide receivers, too, as well. So if you're looking at Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson and Cole Komet, how do we get them going? How do we get them going? This is a matchup that plays in that favor. But like you're saying, Corey, and you're so right, you got to start up front and solidify that, stabilize yeah. that, and then you can maybe work uh, taking advantage yeah. of those matchups that you like so much. And and I think, you know, a guy like Tevin Jenkins, he he's an old-school mauler as well, right? He can pass protect, but he, he feels really confident in the run blocking. And I kind of see a lot of similarities with with treating him like how we did Jason Peters earlier this year, right? Really establishing the run game, getting him comfortable up there. And then that's kind of how people build confidence. You know, certain quarterbacks, you know, Justin Fields is like, when we get the running game going, then play action. Certain old linemen are kind of that way, right? You get the run block, you get his confidence up, you get that in there. And then all of a sudden their kick sets are a little bit better. That's how they build momentum and confidence. And I think if you can establish that run game and really get him going, he's going to have that confidence like, oh, yeah, I'm back, baby. And I think that's that's what, how you build a yeah, guy What like better way to do that than running the ball four, five, six times in a row exactly. and getting a feel for it and maybe hearing that little wince maybe from an opposing defender. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got him now. And you know what I mean? You can kind of exactly. roll there. Uh, Corey, what's your next key to a Bears-Vikings victory, uh, Bears victory over the Vikings hopefully in week 15? Uh, pressure Kirk Cousins. You know, I think he's a guy that we've been able to get after. And and regardless of whatever his season has said, like he's he's had a lights out season, to be honest. You know, he's limited his turnovers. He's been very impressive. This has been one of his best NFL seasons. But I think in general, Kirk Cousins, if you look at his stats, right, they'll tell you like because over the course of his career, it looks better than it actually is, yes. you know, to be honest. And that's no disrespect to him. But I think every his stats tell you that he's a all-pro quarterback. But I think the games, when you actually analyze them, you look at everything, it tells you otherwise. Because I think when teams are able to get after him, and the Bears have shown that, right, whenever he's been, oh, he's so efficient this year, he's great. And then all of a sudden, we heat him up, get pressure in his face, and all of a sudden, he's throwing picks. You know, he's not able to get things going, you know, things of that nature. But how do we do that, Right. Got to stop the run, right? Dalvin Cook is, is a beast in there, right? They're Worried about that one. Rock. And and what what if we struggle with all year, the running game, right? Because it keeps teams off balance. It keeps us off balance. And the thing is, if we can stuff that run and it comes to discipline, gap discipline, that's the key every week. He, he, every guy has their gap. You have to be disciplined in that. And if you can stop the run, Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that you heat up, you know, in, in my opinion, I think he looks great on paper, but when you heat him up, you put the pressure in his face, he folds, you know, and I think 
I think that's been evident when you look at his track record against the Bears. He's really struggled. And it starts with stopping the run. That's something that we struggle with. Uh, maybe we can, you know, come together this week and, and stop the run. Um, I'm hoping so. Um, I'm hoping to build some momentum off last week, a fast start, right? Nobody, no backs against the wall. No one thinks the Bears are going to win last week. And in the first half, shock the world. So I'm hoping we can build some, some of that momentum and uh, especially against the Vikings team, a team that we've proven that we can beat. It's going to be the key to the whole game, Corey, right? I yeah. mean, because in my opinion with Kirk Cousins is I'm totally with you. The, the stats are totally there, but there's two things that he does, you know, pull up his fourth quarter splits in his career. And in the fourth quarter, they don't look that great. So that's one of those, yeah. So it's one of those, when it matters things, he doesn't yeah. deliver, which is why maybe he doesn't engender himself to the Minnesota Vikings fan base, or maybe the NFL at large. And then also the other one is he hasn't done a lot this season, but just go back to that. Uh, the, the Steelers game that they played last Thursday, get up to this huge lead rocking and rolling right throws two picks you know what i mean protect turnovers at the worst time kind of field flippers yeah. stuff that happens and in terms of what you're talking about i think yeah it's pretty much meat and potatoes in terms of stopping him you got to stop dalvin cook you got to keep him in third and long situations and i think you're going to probably be in pretty good shape right it's such a shame that khalil mack isn't out there because he totally owns yeah. kirk cousins throughout his career i know i always enjoy yeah. that match of watching the two of them go together but yeah i mean uh, talk a little bit more about i mean justin jefferson aside he's awesome he's amazing but you know what we saw jalen johnson pair pretty well against Devonte adams last week yeah you know outside of De delvin cook and justin jefferson is there anyone else on offense that kind of scares you because I'm looking at that K.J. Osborne matchup a little bit, and I think that might yeah. be a key as well because, again, Artie Burns now on the COVID list. Kendall Vildor has been relegated to special yeah. teams, and he made a special teams mistake last week. Yeah. Who's going to be that guy over there starting K.J. Osborne, who I think is a capable receiver? You know, I'm, I'm really nervous about the, the matchup, you know, because I think we've really struggled at the secondary position. You know, I think it's been a combination of, of rushing cover and, and not getting the pressure at times. And I think just blown coverage, bad uh, discipline. You know, I think that's the key all year what's plagued this defense. Um, you know, discipline comes in from the running game to the, to the passing game. And, you know, I, I just I think if, if like you said, if we could stop Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's he's an absolute beast in there. I mean, you know, he's going to get his catches. He's like a guy like, you know, Devontae Adams. Right. No, no matter how much you limit him, they're Give still going to get three yards. Give him his 90. And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but but I think I think the key, you know, is always if you can stop the run game, that that makes just everything easier. I, I don't I think people fail to realize, and especially like a guy like Kirk Cousins, if you make him one dimensional, if you don't give him Dalvin Cook, you take that out of his back pocket, he really struggles. So, I, I need I need some some blitzes, you know, mm. exotic blitzes. Like we, we we need to, especially with potential guys out, you know, it's just. It's been tough with the injuries this season, you know, and I, and I think when you're injured and you don't have certain pass rushers or certain weapons out there, a D tackle, uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, you, you have to generate pressure, you know, with, with different looks, right? Confuse them. Bring some stuff out. You know, Kirk Cousins is a smart guy. You know, he's able to, you know, figure out blitzes that are coming. Hey, pull some, Sean Desai, pull some out of the back pocket, right? Let's, let's really disguise them. At this point in the season, right, we – we want to finish the season strong. You know, I thought last week, you know, we really had some good things in that game against Green Bay that's red hot, you know. If empty set on the first build... drive, though? Did you, like, empty set on the first drive, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, it's I don't, like, I don't like, I don't, I don't bizarre. like all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't like all that. But we talked about building momentum for the rest rest of the season, right? And and how do we do that? You know, it's 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 coming out and and really establishing things in this game. You know, discipline defensively, really being able to get that blitz package and confuse Kirk Cousins, right? Because he's an intelligent guy, but bring some of those exotic pressures, stops to stop stopping the run. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Lightbox. I got news for everybody. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Listen, cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a very light price. Only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in plush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle so visit lightboxjewelry.com right now to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment now back to the pod another one i'm going to throw out there too just on the offensive side of things and look you know typically i don't want to be this kind of guy but we do have a rookie quarterback right now we're talking a lot about offensive Mm -hmm. line play on offense i kind of want to throw maybe a challenge out to our wide receivers to go out there and make some plays. Now, last yeah. week, you know, you saw Jakeem Grant and Damier Bird, you know, take it to the house and make something happen out of something little, right? Like Justin Fields only had to throw the ball maybe a combined eight yards to get two huge scores. And now I'm kind of looking at guys like Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. I mean, I would love to get your take on kind of where Allen Robinson's mindset is kind of right now because mm-hmm. – he just doesn't really seem very engaged, and maybe he's playing yeah. off the string. I don't want to read too much into that, but if you look at this yeah. Vikings matchup real quick, 17 touchdowns of the wide receiver position, eight games of 100-plus receiving yards to eight different wide receivers this year, yeah. 19 different receivers have gotten at least 60 receiving yards. If you're yeah. a guy like Allen Robinson and you want to put some good tape out there, this is a great matchup to do it. If you're yeah. Darnell Mooney and you're in the top percentile of drops this year after being in the other side of it on drops last year when you caught everything, this is a great matchup to make that happen. Um, yeah. you know, speak a little bit on what these guys need to do to maybe help out Justin Fields. Yeah. And what, 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 what's your take on Allen Robinson right now? Yeah. So so uh, first, Darnell Mooney, right? Yeah. This season he's really struggled with the drops, right? Get on the jugs machine. You know, there's no excuse for that, right? You – you've really come into your own as a route runner. You're really yeah. getting that separation. You're becoming Justin Fields, one of his favorite targets. Catch the ball when the ball's there, right? And, and, and that's just extra jugs thing. That's every practice he should be getting on that machine. You know, uh, when I played, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, um, he was on that jugs machine every day. That's, as a wide receiver, that's something you have to do just like a defensive end. You're working on your hands after practice. Um, you know, offensive lineman, same thing. It's something you have to do every day, the repetition. Then it becomes muscle memory. You're catching it, catching it, you know. Uh, he needs to get on the jugs machine because there's no excuse for that because he's come so so long, so far as a route runner. He's really established himself as, as one of the most underrated route runners, in my opinion. And now you can be a star. You have to catch the ball, Yeah. right? And then to get on Allen Robinson, I agree with you. I think, I think he seems disinterested, you know, at this point. I think... He's not the number one receiver. Darnell Mooney is at this point. I think Justin Fields likes him. I think Andy Dalton, when he was playing, liked him as well. Um, Allen Robinson just seems like he doesn't want to be there, to be honest. And I'm, I'm maybe looking into it a little too much, but 
you know, I think the, the hamstring thing went on longer than I would have thought, you know, at, at this point. And, and like I told you, when stuff doesn't go well during the season, you know, some people, you know, maybe taking the extra rest when, when they probably could have played if the season was tighter or, or they were in the playoff hunt. Uh, this seems like he doesn't want to be there. And like I said, with, with Justin Fields, um, he doesn't get as open as a guy like Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, that is. So Justin Fields is looking first to a guy like Darnell Mooney because he gets that separation. Allen Robinson has never been that separation game breaker receiver. He'll go up and get it, right? He's a physical specimen. He has good speed, not great. He's an okay route runner, but what he does is use his body really well. But for a young guy, seeing that, that looks, that, that doesn't look open, right? But a guy, if you see a guy like Darnell Mooney really get that separation, oh, he's open. You see it. So I think that's why Allen Robinson really hasn't done much this season in the Bears offense just because he doesn't get as open as a guy like Darnell Moon. Yeah, and that was something that, to his credit, Mitch Trubisky trusted Allen Robinson with to go yeah. up and, like, I'm just going to put it up there and you're going to make it happen. I did notice a moment last week that kind of sort of crystallized what you're talking about was it was a simple little out route. It was a simple little, like, three or four-yard dig out, and Justin threw it what looked like wide, but it also kind of looked like Robinson sort of felt like, you know, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I don't need to be that open to catch the ball. And it was just that little detail, maybe not driving off of that and just, you know, hitting it yeah. hard out. And Justin thought that he was going to be further out. And yeah. Allen didn't really quite get there. And that's kind of sort of crystallized the different page that maybe yeah. Justin Fields and Allen Robinson are on right now. I want to ask you a quick Justin Fields question, see if you got any more keys, and then we're going to get to final score and then Corey stories. Um, my first question for you is, just in terms of Justin Fields, what is your opinion on when I've noticed a couple of things? One, like there's moments when I think he's doing a great job picking up the blitz a little bit more. You know, mm -hmm. the accuracy has been a little spotty, but it's kind of rookie stuff, right? Stuff has a little been a little high at different times. Mm -hmm. And then I've also kind of noticed he's getting really good at deciding when to tuck and run the ball. Yep. So for in my opinion, or my question for you basically is from your perspective, is it easier for a quarterback to learn how to complete passes from inside the pocket or learn to know when to tuck and run? And which part of the game do you think is probably helping him more right now? That recognition of getting out of the pocket and running or that recognition of, you know, his keys and his looks right now? Which one do you think is probably helping him execute plays out there in the field more right now? You know, I, I think it's a combination of both, but what, what I like to see for a guy like him, right? I think he's different than majority of quarterbacks in this league is for, for him to know when to tuck it and go. Because yeah. I think that's what separates him from the other quarterbacks, a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, right? That's strictly like a pocket passer, you know, could potentially scramble when, when he needs a yard or two, but he's, he's not a runner like Justin Fields. People do not fear Kirk Cousins' speed. So, when he tucks it and goes, I think that's what makes it so difficult to defend a guy like that. And I think that's what keeps defensive coordinators up at night is the fact that he can tuck it and run like a straight running back or a wide receiver or a running back with the ball. Yeah, and I think he had one of his yeah. best games against Green Bay doing that. Exactly. Decisions. Yeah. I thought that was probably one of his more decisive yeah. moments as a rookie. And, and, and that's the key, what you said, decisive. That's the key. Whether you're in the pocket 
or running with the football. Be decisive, right? Look at your reads. Look at your progressions, right? And at this point, he's trying to keep it to two progressions, right? They're trying to dumb it down a little bit to get him more confidence. And I think the times he struggles is when he tries to do more than two progressions. You know, and at this point, it's pump the brakes, right? Two progressions, if it's not there, tuck it and go. And I think that if we could simplify that, that would make everything better. And then as things start to slow down, right? Because everything is still moving kind of fast at times for him. When stuff starts to slow down, then he can take three progressions possibly. But, you know, for this point, two progressions, tuck it and go. I think that's what he's best suited. That's when he makes his best decisions. And that's what you want to do. You want to build up his confidence. And that's how you do it. Any more Corey's keys? Are you ready for a final score here in week 15? No, I, I don't have any more keys. I think it's pretty simple, man. I think I think establish the running game, uh, you know, start fast. I think we have to stop the run and then blitz Kirk Cousins. I think, you know, he really reveals himself when you take Dalvin Cook from him. You know, if you make him one-dimensional and you heat him up, he really shows the true Kirk Cousins because all these stats look great on paper. Right. But in, in the heart of the game, when you take that, and you talked about it. I think the thing that separates Kirk Cousins, why, in my opinion, no disrespect to him, why he'll never be an elite quarterback is because of the clutch factor. When it comes down to, like you said, those fourth quarter with team needs him when he needs to show up, he's usually not there. And, and that, that's why I don't think he'll ever be an elite quarterback. Yeah, it's not so much with Kirk Cousins. It's not what happens, it's how it happens with him. Exactly. You can't just look at the box score and know who Kirk Cousins is as a player. You got to actually sit down and unfortunately go through a bit of the torture of watching him play. Because yeah. hopefully it, I mean, his, his stats his stats on paper every year look amazing. 30 I mean, they touchdowns, 4,000 yards. I mean, like, yeah. you look up. I mean, I, I do a fantasy show uh, for yeah. uh, this company I work for, Rotoballer. He's a fantasy start this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could still lose this game, and keep in mind, Bears fans, we're about to do final score. The Vikings have been in, have been close. I think they've had a lead of more than one touchdown in every single game this year. And they've also covered almost every single game this year because all their games come down to a field goal, overtime, something happens, whatever happens. So even if the Bears get down early, Bears fans, I would say hang in there because the Vikings will somehow let us get back into it somehow as they're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, Corey, are you ready, man? What's your final score? Who do you got winning in Week 15? Man, I'm I'm gonna say this is a close one, but I, I'm gonna give this one to the Bears. I think it's gonna nice. be 34 to 28. I'm gonna yeah. say uh, I, I like what they did last week. I think it's gonna give them confidence, especially against playing against that well early on against a red hot Green Bay team. I think they have the Vikings number in the past. I know it's a different year. Um, I think the Vikings have been up and down. Uh, I'm not really buying what they're selling. Like I said, I, I don't I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. I believe this Bears team can heat him up. Uh, hopefully we can get things going on offense, getting that running game going. Hopefully we have a better performance from Tevin Jenkins. I think Justin Fields is going to have another great game and dis decisiveness. That's that's the key this week. If he can be decisive on whatever he does, whether it's a true zone read for him, whether it's a tuck it and go or he's in the pocket, I want him to be decisive in his decision making this week and really, really let it go, you know, play. They have nothing to lose at this point with the bears. It's all about him getting the confidence going into the next season to get him comfortable. So things can slow down for him and then he could go through his progression process and, and get better as a quarterback. You know, I was coming into this week and I was actually really excited to do a hot take and say the bears were going to like win big in this week. Um, yeah. The offensive line has me pretty scared. 
and pretty terrified just in general. So I am going to still – I'm with you. I'm going to pick the Bears to win. It's going to be a weird number, though. It's going to be like 29 to 27. And just a couple of things that we talked about previously with the Bears-Packers leads me to believe that we have a chance to win this game where, you know, Corey, we talked about it. One was I said I wanted the Bears to sort of keep the game close because I wanted to see how Justin Fields responded at different moments in the game. Now, could the Bears stop the Packers uh, when the Packers had the ball? No, they couldn't. But what I saw from Justin Fields, even if they didn't score any points, I thought was actually pretty solid, to be honest with you. There's a couple moments where, obviously, I don't know why we're kicking field goals down by 15. I don't know why we're not going for it on fourth and one. That's not on Justin Fields, but I thought he played fairly decently for all the different kinds of chaotic things that were happening in the game. And remember, Bears fans, this is on a Sunday night football game on national television, something that typically... Bears quarterbacks of the past, namely Jay Cutler or Mitch Trubisky, haven't performed quite as well in those moments. This is another one of those national Monday night, everyone in all in America watching moments. And I think Justin Fields is going to play well. I think this is a good matchup for him to step up and, and show up. Now, can they play four quarters? No, they can't. But guess what? The Vikings can't play four quarters either. So no matter what happens in this game, I do see a moment where Fields get some momentum and we put some things together and feel pretty good about ourselves. And I also see a guy like Kirk Cousins maybe shooting himself in the foot later in that game. And also keep in mind, Dalvin Cook's been bothered by an ankle for quite some time. He's looked pretty damn good, right? But again, it just takes one false step here and there for him to maybe go down for a few plays. They don't have anybody else really running the ball back there. And that makes them really one-dimensional very quickly. Um, I think the Bears can win this game, and I do really think that this can be another moment where Justin Fields quietly is starting to kind of build a nice little resume here in this final two months of the season. Again, one one final fantasy stat. I know you're not a big fantasy guy, but the last three games that Justin Fields has finished, he's averaging almost 22 fantasy points a game for a quarterback. Yeah. Now, if you get into the 18 to 20s, that's top 12. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he's at that point now against the 49ers, the Steelers, and now in this last particular game against the Packers, he's kind of starting to put up numbers a little bit. I know the interceptions and the turnovers aren't great, but it's kind of getting there a little bit. So I'm getting excited. Exactly. I want to be excited. So I'm get gonna some progress. The, yeah, I'm going to pick the Bears to win. Exactly. Uh, Corey, before we get out of here, man, uh, I've been waiting. I've been waiting all season for this, man. Um, Corey's stories. It's time. We're playing the Minnesota Vikings right now. I want you to please regale us with the tale of the night. That beautiful, beautiful, sweet night that still brings a tear to my eye when you sacked Uh Brett Favre. And you sacked him so bad, Corey, that it ended his career. A guy that had a career, you know, a career continued game streak. The Iron Man, Brett Favre himself, retire seven times. Doesn't matter. I'm coming back. I'm playing for different teams. Uh, That night it was all over, my friend. Take us through that night. Walk us through that play. And walk us through also, do people still come up to you and remember it as much as I do? Or am I like the only guy that's like, that's Corey Wooten over there? Man, I'll tell you, especially in Chicago, man, everybody. Oh, the Favre killer. Oh, this guy put Favre out. Uh, so that, that's that's what they know me as, man. It's, it, it's funny, uh, you know, because um, I think, you know, Brett Favre terrorized the Bears just like Aaron Rodgers did for <laughs> so many years. So I think, I think everybody just – absolutely hated Brett Favre and they, you know, they wanted to see, see him get hurt. You know, unfortunately you never want anyone to get hurt as, as, as with the game. Um, But, you know, back to that story. Right. So 
we were playing Minnesota, right? And the week before, a week during, there was a big snowstorm. And what happened was the uh, Metrodome, where Minnesota had played, it collapsed. They had to go it, to the on, on the roof. Yeah. Exactly. So we had to go to Minnesota's college stadium, the, the Gopher Stadium. And they didn't have any heaters on, on the field at that point because, you know, college games are done by November. So it really didn't get too cold, you know, on the field then. Um, and this was the kind of situation that the whole week they were talking about, are we going to play the game or not? Because it was really cold. I think it was like 10 degrees out. It was something crazy. Um, so we had, you know, contemplated not playing the game because it was snow and it was cold and um, the, the field was frozen. You know, people thought of safety reasons and we ended up playing the game. And this uh, this game, actually, we, we won the uh, NFC North in that game. Devin Hester broke a punt return record yeah. and you know, I ended up getting my, my first sack in the NFL. Butts that night. Yeah, we, yeah we, it was we, like Favre era up. over. Favre era over. Yeah. For real. Yeah, I got my first sack against Favre. And, uh, yeah, down, down to the play now. So uh, <laughs> so I was the I was the main sub between Izzy Adonijay and Julius Peppers, right? So I was the third end. And for whatever reason, I don't know what I was thinking about, but I was in left field somewhere. I was just, like, looking up. And Peppers had ran off the field, and I did not see him, right? And he's tired, he's gassed, and Rod Marinelli's like, what, where are you? What? So they call a timeout, right? And he's chewing me out, I mean, calling me every name in the book. And he's like, make a play or whatever. And I'm like, all right, I got to do something. So I remember, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, if I don't do something, man, I'm probably never going to play again. <laughs> I'm a rookie. I'm like, I'm scared of this dude, Marinelli, man. He's chewing my ear out. This so tiny, this is, tiny uh, man, this tiny little Rod Marinelli man. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, so I'm a, I'm a big dude, man. I'm about six, six and a half, six, seven, uh, about two eighty, and I'm going against Brian McKinney, the left tackle for Minnesota, and that dude makes me look small. That dude's about six, eight, six, nine. They list him at three forty. He's probably about three seventy. This is one of the biggest dudes you ever see in your life. So I'm going against him. I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm going against him. He looks like a mountain of a man. I'm like, okay, let's get it. I got to get off the ball. I got to make something happen or else I'm never going to play again. So I get off the football and I remember I just, I just got off good and I just hit, I just, you know, put my hands on him and kind of like dipped under, got home for the sack and, and like slammed far, but I don't even remember anything. I blacked out because I remember I got up and I was like, yeah, and I, I didn't know what happened. And uh, I was on punt return at the time. So punt returns on the field. I'm on the field. Earl Bennett, the wide receiver uh, that played with us. I was like, Earl, what happened, man? He's like, dude, you just took Brett Favre out, man. You sacked him. I was like, what? I did? I didn't even know what happened, man. I blacked out. He's like, yeah, man, it was a great sack. Ball came out and everything. It was a fumble. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and he kept telling everybody the story. He's like, man, this guy woo, didn't even know what happened. Man. He out or something. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I was excited. And uh, I think, I think actually that next punt return is when Devin Hester took it to the house and, and broke the record for punt returns. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible feeling. And I just remember like looking, that was the most text I ever got in my life. Right. Even when I got drafted, anything like that, like I had 300 texts like out, unbelievable like oh my god oh you're out here oh. everybody everybody and their mother everyone i've known at one point in time they were texting me phone was blowing up twitter i think i gained i think i gained like ten thousand twitter followers in like a day you know so it was it was definitely a good day to win the nfc north 
be a part of Devin Hester's record-breaking punt return and get my first sack on a guy like Brett Favre, man. And, uh, yeah, it's it incredible. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I'll never forget with the Bears just because in my first season in general, right, first season we win the NFC North, we go to the NFC Championship one game away from the Super Bowl. I'm thinking in my rookie year, um, playing a part of the rotation, playing special teams. And that was honestly one of my favorite years, that in 2012, uh, just because, you know, we had such a great season defensively and, and just playing with such great players, Erlacher, Briggs, Peppers, you know, Peanut Tillman, Tim Jennings, guys like that. Um, such an incredible experience being being a Bear. And the thing is, I don't think people realize because I played with other teams. I played for Minnesota. I played Detroit. The fans aren't the same. You know, when we used to play places when I played for Chicago, we played at Dallas, right? And we the fans took over Dallas's stadium, right? Every place we go, Minnesota, um, Green Bay, this Bears fans travel well. They take over stadiums. Um, I'm telling you, the Bears have, in my opinion, the best fans out there. Die hard. Doesn't matter. I mean, you've been a Bears fan your your whole life. You know I'm not how it disagree is. With you. <laughs> No, no matter no matter how bad the Bears are, like a season like this, the Bears fans will be there in a the game. They may boo you, but they're gonna be there. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think people don't realize how great the Chicago Bears fan base is. And I'm hoping that they can bring a championship home because I think the Bears fans deserve that. They've been great. They've had our back over the years, and uh, you know, hopefully it's a process, and we got to get the right puzzle pieces, got to get the right coaching pieces. So hopefully. Uh, the Bears can can bring home another championship like in 85. Yeah, I will say um, as a Bears fan, you know, we never lose our sense of humor, which is important because we've gone we've gone through a lot. And I will tell you that, you know, way, way, way back when I found out I was going to be uh, your co-host, I texted a couple of buddies and without fail, a couple of them were like the Favre killer. Uh, they like yeah, they, they totally exactly. knew, you know what I mean? And uh, man, that's such a cool story. And I can probably speak on behalf of all Bears fans. Like, we'll never forget that, man. And it's got to be just so cool that you're etched into the lore. You know, like the the, the GSH on the side of the, of the jersey. Yeah. Like, you're now, like, etched in there forever in that history. I do want to ask you, because you can confirm, you kind of alluded to it. Brett Favre has talked about that sack before. And he said a big part of it, too, was that he had never played on ground like that before. He said the ground yeah. was like ice. And when yeah. you when you when you slammed him and when he landed on him, he was like it was like hitting a hockey rink, and he had never yeah, he had no. never played on that surface before. Can you confirm that too as well? Yeah, it it, it was that, that's what I talked about um, that we were deciding if we were going to even play that game because of player safety, and I think uh, the player reps decided like, hey, you know, we're just going to play the game, and I, I think it maybe could have been situation like they didn't want to have a makeup game or play Monday at because I think they were talking about potentially playing at Detroit. It was um, a Monday night game, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they were talking about playing in Detroit on an, on another game because I think that's how most of them, especially us both being in the Midwest, that was the next dome stadium that weather wouldn't have affected everything and it would have made it a better situation. But I think they ended up just deciding, hey, it's best to play the game. And I think everybody wanted to play. And, um, you know, I think other than that, I don't think there were any other major injuries from people falling on the ground or anything, so. Yeah, no, I I can just see where the NFL is coming from a little bit. If I remember correctly, the Vikings were up the track. You guys were major contenders. It's a Monday night football. You move that game. You move the venue. You lose the Monday night rating. 
exactly go out there and yeah <laughs> go out money there. money talks right yeah money yeah, talks. yeah go out there go out there and make it happen um love that story man i'm just i'm just basking in it because yeah you know we talk a lot about rogers now and it's it's crazy to say but i almost want to feel like Favre was worse to the bears than Rodgers was to the Bears. I know maybe the win-loss record will say a little bit different because I think Rodgers is now 23-5 and five or something like that against the Bears all time. But my whole childhood was me getting excited for Bears-Packers. And it'd be maybe, I don't know, it'd be at a noon game, and I'd have to go to Sunday school. Sunday school would let out, of course, at like 11.50. So I'm racing home, right? We get home a little bit late, and the score would be, you know, 14 21 nothing before you know. And you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Yep. Damn it, Favre. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, great story, man. Bears Vikings coming up in week 15. They got them again, coming up to finish up the season a little bit later down the month. But we will uh, we will take our bows here for right now because today's episode of Believe in Bears was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit promo code Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Also, Lightbox Jewelry is also a great sponsor, too, as well. Also, quick shout-out, too, as well. Uh, I won the uh, – Corey, I won the Believe Pick'em Challenge a couple weeks ago. Ooh. And the Believe, okay. the Believe people sent me some electric sunglasses, and I'm wearing my new DC shoes right now. So, uh, shout-out to the podcast fam right there and for my picks for making that happen. Um, Corey, man, great pod. Uh, great stories, man. Uh, the listeners – the listeners love the last one. They're going to absolutely love this new one for sure. Uh, take us home, man. Another great pod, and uh, we'll get ready for hopefully the Bears win. Yeah, like you said, man, another great pod. I love doing this. Love breaking down the Bears. I uh, know it hasn't been the season that we we wanted. Um, been a lot of ups and downs, but uh, I think there's a lot of positives to look forward to. I think there's going to be a new reign in Chicago, coaching staff, et cetera. Um, so I'm looking forward to the future. Like we said, these last few weeks, it's all about building momentum, getting Justin Fields confident, getting a guy like Tevin Jenkins confident, uh, getting the running game going. You know, really working the younger guys, you know, the guys that really need to prove themselves, to establish themselves. I think that's what this latter part of the season is, you know, playing for next season, getting guys comfortable. Because at this point, we're out of the playoff hunt. It's all about the right guys improving and hitting stride going into the offseason. So, yep, like I said, man, enjoy doing this. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O-2-T-O-N. Uh, love you guys' feedback. Uh, appreciate everything. And uh, looking forward to hopefully, like you said, Bears win. Yeah, follow me on socials at Joey Sports Guy. And yeah, man, that is the mantra here on Believe in Bears where it's the wins and losses. The scales have tipped on that front, but still there's a lot to watch for. And there's a lot of players that we're going to be rooting for hopefully over the next four or five years as the Bears return to hopefully NFL greatness. And it starts right now at these next upcoming games. And we're going to be here to break it down all for you. Uh, thank you so much for checking out this pod. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Remember this weekend, you got to bear down. It's a division game, people. And it's the Vikings for real. Bear down. Let's bring it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.